Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhage of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thanks so much for tuning in again this week. Uh, today, I have a dear colleague, Shahab Anari, with us today. Uh, Shahab and I met, it's going to be a couple of years ago now, Shahab. Uh, we're both um, members of the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, and I think initially that's where we met. So, Shahab, thanks so much for coming on today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And as you could see, his, uh, you know, for those of you who are not going to be able to see, uh, if you're not watching the video, I'm watching the, his backdrop. So he's located in Toronto, but he's got this beautiful backdrop with Toronto, which is really nice to look at. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Shahab, and we're going to jump into um, just the uh, expertise that he brings, which is uh, so, so um, diversified and really timely to talk about uh, resilience in, in this, the time that we're in now. Shahab Anari is an international speaker and an author who helps the audience to join the top 1%. Um, he's an example that mental toughness is something that he demonstrates just by the path that he's lived. Um, and initially, he was categorized as a non-gifted kid. That I find hard to believe, Shahab. Um, he, he first came, um, you know, sorry about that. He, he came first amongst more than 1 million contenders in the fierce nation, nationwide university entrance exam in the countries of birth in 1997. Wow. He was trained as a medical doctor and um, made this big pivot into uh, becoming a speaker and an international um, speaker and an author and a branding expert, which we're going to talk a lot about. Uh, just actually uh, last week, he was um, named one of the top 25 Canadian immigrants. What, what a compliment, uh, Shahab. And um, he uh, has worked with some of the uh, biggest names um, and shared the stages with them. People like Deepak Chopra, Brian Tracy, Jack Canfield, and Robert uh, Kiyosaki, uh, to name a few. And uh, he's got or been involved in almost um, engaging up to 200,000 people in, in social uh, media followers, which is, which is quite the thing. He's uh, also has two beautiful sons. Uh, is it Kaysen? Is it Kaysen and Aiden, that's right. <laughs> and he's uh, happily married to his wife, uh, Katty. So, Shahab, thanks so much again for coming on. And you have had, now I've known a lot about Shahab, but I didn't realize that he was a physician. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, I mean, obviously, you know, that's quite the length of study that you have to go to become a physician and you made the pivot from physician to speaker coach so tell us kind of a bit about your a little bit about your background and let's then talk into what that took uh to to make such a big leap from one profession into again another big world absolutely uh, so just like you mentioned i trained as a medical doctor uh, i am originally from iran and in the eastern culture as you can imagine uh, you know, if, if you're a good student, uh, you, you uh, 
uh, people expect you <laughs> to go in either into medicine or the engineering field or law or, you know, that's, that's the culture. That's how families think. Uh, and and um, even uh, I entered university like 20 something years ago, but even after so many years, I still see from um, back home in Iran that the, the, still the mentality is the same. And, and you need to go into medicine, engineering, and those types of fields in order to succeed professionally. So that was why I uh, entered med school, medical school, because I was a good student. Uh, I was a hard worker. And uh, it ran in the family. My, my elder <laughs> sister and my elder brother are both medical doctors. They're actually specialists now. One lives in Australia, the other lives in the UK. So they're specialist doctors and it runs in my family. My wife is a doctor. So uh, it, it, naturally it, it was the path that was expected uh, from me to take. And I did that. But the moment I entered university, I, I mean, in the first semester, I realized that this is not for me. I was kind of disappointed at the way uh, the whole thing was done, you know, studying thousands of pages of textbooks, uh, like on the surface level without going deep every single sem semester and, you know, doing it uh, repeatedly uh, for seven and a half years on end. Uh, that's how we do it in Iran. You know, you, you go straight into uh, the med school and you spend like seven, eight years. And it was kind of really disappointing at the same time exhausting at the same time stressful for me because I very very early on I realized that I didn't like it I was not passionate about it with all due respect with all the respect in the world that I have for this field and for all the medical doctors out there who, who work hard to save our lives I the, I realized this this was not for me and uh, I, I as I was I was a good student just like I said um, um, I was accomplished academically, I started helping other high school students who wanted to succeed academically. And that was how I kind of got involved with the teaching slash training slash speaking world. And uh, it grew from there. If you're interested, I can give you more details later on. During this That's time. amazing. So the natural teacher in you showed itself quite, quite early, you know, it's, and it's interesting because I was born in uh, Trinidad and Tobago. And likewise, too, um, with um, the Indian culture and the Middle Eastern on my mother's side as well, that was so also the, the academic um, push because, of course, education um, is power, right? So it was something that, again, with my, my, likewise with me, most of my academic, and I was academically inclined, it was like physician, lawyer, doctor, engineer kind of thing. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't. I don't fit into any of those. And then, you know, I, I often would, uh, my friends would joke and say, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm talking to people and I think they're going to pay me for that. And they're like, Aww. oh, interesting. <laughs> so I could, I could understand uh, culturally where, where you're coming from. So now you, now you came to Canada in what year, Shahab? So I first landed in Toronto, Canada in 2014. Oh, wow. So that's that. That's not long ago at all. My goodness. I, I thought you were going to tell me like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So that's really, really recently. So tell me now I came here when I was 17 as a foreign student. So I've been here now. I've lived in Canada most of my life. But I remember as a teenager um, coming to Toronto and everything was huge. I spoke the language, which in retrospect, I realized now 
um, you know, what a hurdle was that I didn't, other than having obviously a thick Caribbean accent, um, you know, I spoke English, which now I realize, you know, was that's a big hurdle for a lot of immigrants when they don't speak English. So you come, you come basically six, not even seven years ago. And what was it like coming to Canada? And, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to use the word starting over to some degree. Yeah, yeah, it was it was actually starting over. Uh, you know, immigration for me was uh, an intentional choice. It was not like I was trying to run away from something. I, I, I was not moving away from pain, I may say. Right. I was moving toward my goals and desires. It was an intentional choice. I had this plan for the future. My wife and I wanted to build a better life for ourselves. It was kind of uh, because I, I had... I, I, was ex I, I, I was experiencing some kind of complacency, I may say, because I had reached that, uh, you know, glass ceiling in my professional life, in my career back home in Iran. So I was, uh, at, back then I was doing, uh, I was an EFL instructor and I had my own company, Language Institute. We were, um, you know, we, we were doing corporate gigs. We went around the country. I spoke at events, sold out seminars around the country. So people knew me in my sphere, little sphere. I was pretty well known and I had reached, I may say, the peak or, or near the peak in my specific field. So I knew that I wanted to do something different. I wanted to make a change. I wanted to, you know, uh, bring some charge to my professional life and try out something new. And at the same time, I wanted to uh, my wife and I actually, both of us wanted to create a better life for ourselves and for our children. So we decided we wanted to go and live in North America. And, and that was why back in 2009, we started the immigration process, but it took us like five years to, to uh, finally establish, get established and, and land and make Canada our home. I'm going to assume, let's talk about mindsets, because I know you are, you live in that world. You, we talk, you talk about, I know one of your keynotes is a seven, um, I believe, steps. I may be getting the incorrect word about mindset. So let's talk about what is a resiliency mindset? And because I know in, in this time that we're in more than ever with the coaching and the speaking and the training that I've been doing, it's completely about how do I get myself through this? How do I stay on track? You know, how do I manage my thoughts? How do I keep from being anxious? So many things that we're coping with. So tell me a little bit about, from your perspective, about resilience and how you, how you look into, how you think about it, and then how you started to kind of get out there and speak about it. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's not only... Uh, something re relevant to my personal life story, but it is something that I've been trained in and I'm certified in. I'm a certified professional coach. I'm a member of ICF. I actually sit on the board of, uh, board of ICF Toronto. And um, so, so what I'm going to share with you in the next few minutes is, is not only my uh, life and, and, and the lessons that I've learned, uh, learned through life, but also you know, the concepts that we all talk about as professional coaches uh, in our field. So yeah, resilience in my mind is the ability to overcome, uh, steer through and bounce back when uh, adversity strikes, right? And uh, especially for someone like me, who's a first generation immigrant, uh, or any other person who wants to start a new career or a new life or a new business, uh, it is so, so, so relevant. 
And especially in these times, just like you said, the COVID-19 times, when COVID-19 has turned the world upside down, it is more timely than ever. So uh, I believe, just like you said, the, the core skill that helps us become more resilient is to master our mind and master our mindset and the way we talk to ourselves. And if we can control the way we talk to ourselves and you know, make it more empowering, then automatically we will become more resilient. Mm-hmm. And you know, it sounds so basic, right, Shahab? And, but it really, you know, I often say to people, we have a body and we have a mind. And our bodies and our minds, your mind and your body is no different from mine. And we're wired a certain way. And it, it, it's simple, but it's not easy um, to recognize that our brain is constantly trying to protect us from things. Um, because it, it says, you know, something's coming up for me. Um, so whether it's, uh, you know, I know our numbers in, if with uh, Toronto, again, is creeping up. You're seeing all the little things, you know, on the, the little news clips and the things running across the, you know, the bottom of your screen of numbers on the arise, you know, those types of things. So what does that do in our mind? It starts to tell us, okay, Roxanne, okay, Shahab, time to start looking at the environment and starting to protect yourself so that, you know, you can be okay. And I often say the, the mind and the, and the brain is, it's pretty consistent, yeah. yeah, but sometimes the protection gets us away from the 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 path that we need to be on. Yeah, that's yeah. so true, and 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 you know, it's all about the mindset and the way we respond to these stressful situations, especially these days. You know, financially, professionally, personally, in terms of relationships, people have been hit by COVID nineteen. Right. And uh, if we're not mindful of the way we interpret the events, if we're not in control of our thoughts and our emotions, obviously we will uh, behave in certain ways that are not really helpful to our well-being and, and uh, they're not helpful in terms of the success that we are seeking. So yeah, absolutely. It's all about mindset, the way we talk to ourselves and the way we respond to the events outside of us and the way we interpret the the adversities in our lives so so true right so you see you know um when i'm um coaching for instance and i'll see someone and how they miss they're misinterpreting the events but they've never maybe potentially based on so many variables they've never been kind of told do you think that thought's a little bit you know um you know it's kind of a little bit i call it crooked (laughs) or it's kind of a little bit skewed a bit and have you ever thought about it from a different perspective? And so oftentimes people will go, well, no, that's, that's, often, that's always the way I've thought, you know, so I'm not really sure what you mean. And when people start to recognize, and I think most people are quite open um, to recognize that, okay, well, that's my perspective, but, oh, this, there's this perspective, this perspective, this perspective. But I think, you know, we're so... I think, you know, I often say we all have these parties in our head. (laughs) That's how I explain it. And if we don't introduce new guests, sometimes, which is a different perspective or a different thought, we we create the same patterns over and over again. 
right? Which would protect mm -hmm. us. But sometimes, like for instance, let's think about the perception of COVID. It, it is real. Um, there's certain physical things we need to do. We need to social distance, all those things. But then at the end of the day, once you put those things in place, it's what am I doing that would further completely continue to deplete me? And people sometimes aren't aware that they're actually depleting their mindset. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. versus upholding it. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to share an example because sure. some, some some people who are listening to this might not be uh, first generation immigrants or might not ha have first generation immigrant people in their immediate network. But I'm going to share an example that um, I see on a regular basis. And, uh, and might bring this whole conversation to life for a lot of our listeners. So a lot of, of first-generation immigrants think that in order to be successful in a country like Canada, which is English-speaking, uh, they need to be able to speak English very fluently, like, like a native speaker. And this is so far away from the truth, right? Because... Uh, you know, if you, if you speak intelligibly and if you, if you can communicate what you mean without necessarily having a native-like accent or a native-like fluency, you're completely accepted. I, uh, maybe completely is not the right word. You're okay. You're, you're good to go. Most people will accept you and you will be able to, uh, you know, accomplish your goals. And just the simple fact, just this simple, it's not a fact, just this simple belief wrong belief that a lot of immigrants have that you need to be able to speak fluently just like a native deters them from going after their dreams, right? To emphasize what we're mentioning before, it's all about what we tell ourselves and the fact that are we able to change our beliefs and look at the situation from another perspective? So the key word and the golden word here is changing our perspective. Sometimes we are, we are so stuck in the way we see the world and, and, and uh, it makes sense for us to do it because we, all of us have a certain like lenses in front of our, uh, our eyes uh, based on the experiences that we've had, you know, the trainings that we've had, where we come from, our culture and so on and so forth. And, and based on those beliefs and the lenses through which we look at the world, we interpret everything and we see our beliefs as truths and facts that are not changeable. And just a simple change of perspective. And, and if we challenge our beliefs, then we get to look at the world in a different light and we get to be creative and, and solve our problems more creatively. And I could see how that could play out. Um, let's say when you're working, let's say you have that belief, right? Like I said, um, you know, with my Caribbean accent and I'm going to a workplace and I, my perception is I'm going to be perceived as quote unquote less than because if I've had that accent, I'm in turn going to create blocks for myself that probably is not there for the most part, right? If I'm, if I sound different, so long as I'm able to, um, problem solve, which I think most of us, by the time we've been able to attain a job, um, we've got the credentials, we're getting, we're being employed for a reason. But if I believe that I'm, my accent makes me less than, then I'm probably going to make myself smaller. And if I make myself smaller, then I'm not going to showcase what I'm capable of. Um, and so I could, again, that, that makes so much sense. So, and uh, you know, like my culture, for instance, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, you know, it, it, people didn't talk about bad feelings per se, right? 
So think about it, right? Like, I mean, and like I was joking around, but I said earlier when I became um, a psychologist, my friend said, they pay you for that? I go, yeah, they did. They, did. <laughs> they do. And then, so the concept of talking about um, feelings or thoughts that were not good was not normative. And I think it, it's probably changing with time. So that whole concept about a bad thought or a good thought or a negative or limiting thought it might not have been something that people would openly talk about. And now what we're recognizing is, guess what? We all have them. Yeah. It's not about that. And it's, it's kind of like, what did you kind of grow up believing about how to think or how to feel? Yeah, we may not have been exposed to being an open book. And in North America, let's talk about uh, some of those differences. People are very open compared to, say, my culture in Trinidad. I'm going to assume to a bit in Iran. And then you come here and then it's like, oh, uh, let's talk about X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, I, I, I don't think that's, you know, acceptable or whatever. So sometimes the cultural differences um, become important as you talk about mindset, I think, as well. So what was that like when you came and, you know, we're talking about mindset? Was that something that's you find most of your coaching clients um, or your branding people that are coming to, are they, are they looking at their mindset and what needs to be shifted in order to achieve their goals? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, I need to make a distinction here uh, between me as a speaker on the topic of high performance and resilience and my company, which is a personal branding company. Uh, of course, I, I'm a part of my own company and I provide services for, uh, for my clients, but me personally, yeah, I, I, uh, a lot of my clients um, hire me for the same reasons, right? They, they want to be more resilient. They want to um, gain back they, their mojo, their lost mojo. A lot of them are immigrants and, and they're, they have been very successful in the past. They are pretty accomplished, but they want to, you know, start over. And, and they use my services as a certified coach to help them, you know, get back on their feet, challenge their uh, limiting beliefs and, and start over. But as for the branding side, of course, my company focuses on providing personal branding services. We are clients at my company, North Star Success. Our clients are coaches and consultants. We provide them with uh, different services to help them build their brands and get more clients. And, and uh, actually that company kind of, again, goes back to my own personal life story because I came here and I started, I started the coaching business. I, I hit a wall after the first year. I had, you know, a really, I, I, I was at the, some of the lowest moments in my life during the first two years after immigration. And then I realized what I can do to turn everything around. And now I have a thriving business and I've served a lot of people, thank, thankfully. So, uh, yeah, but, but uh, when I look at both sides, me as a resilience speaker and my company as a personal branding agency, again, the basis and the foundation is all about mindset and how people perceive themselves, uh, how people um, work on their uh, belief system and um, how they look at the opportunities out there uh, or the challenges out there. Uh, do they look at the problems as challenges to overcome or as uh, like problems that cannot be solved, right? Of course. So, and again, it's perception, like to your point. And sometimes you have to look at it and maybe recognize that some of this is, I've never, I've never even opened my mind to look at it from a different perspective. Um, but I think like with me, obviously 
working from mindset as well, there are certain things that all of us naturally go to, I always say as, as kind of like a weak link in our thinking. Um, and then we have to be kind of keep ourselves in check to say, whoa, hold on a second here. If I'm tired or if I'm like you talked a little bit about you hit that block two years into your business, um, you know, what is it that I start to recognize in myself that I need to do a little bit different? So tell me about some of the things that you, you hit at that two-year block, you know, when you, in your business. And what did you have to overcome in order to kind of, kind of get past those blockages two years into your business. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So, um, you know, me coming to North America as a first-generation immigrant, uh, although I was pretty successful back home, uh, starting a business in Canada was a completely new endeavor for me. It was completely a completely new world because I was trying to use my skill set and knowledge and my worldview uh, from back home. And I was trying to generalize it to North America using the same principles in the same way to build my business. And they were not working. You know, I was following the generic advice, going to networking meetings and, you know, passing on around the, the, the business cards and, you know, following up with an email and, you know, connecting with people on social media, putting up blogs. Nothing was working because... I didn't have the proper system in place and I was going at it from with an kind of old traditional uh, way of doing things. So what turned, what, what helped me turn the situation around was that I became truthful with myself and I, I took a hard, honest look at what was right, what was wrong, what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong. I humbled myself. I became a student of business development, marketing and sales, took a lot of courses. I started, uh, I, I put away my ego as the successful job from back Iran. I knew that I was nobody here. Even now, a lot of people cannot pronounce my name. I, I came to terms with the fact that I'm a nobody here not not in terms of worth. Of course, I'm worthy, valuable, but professionally, I'm a nobody. Nobody knows me. At that moment, I humbled myself and I started learning stuff and I started trying out stuff without the fear of being judged by others. Uh, and and uh, it, it was kind of, it, it brought me peace. The fact that I could try out stuff um, without having to protect the successful Shahab ego. Uh, and, and the more I tried, the more I realized what was working, what was not working. And, you know, out of every 10 different things that you try, one will stick, one will be successful. And, and that was exactly what happened with me. I tried a bunch of different things. Uh, and one of my ideas worked really well, which was, you know, uh, setting up my business around events. I've even invited you. You spoke yes. at one of my events. Uh, it was, I, I think, a couple of years ago. Yes. And that marketing funnel and that business model uh, has been working very well for me. So again, I think it's, it's about, again, it's about uh, challenging yourself, humbling yourself, looking at the situation through other lenses and uh, allowing yourself to make mistakes. And clearly what you did is you, you know, you were coming as a success with the background you had. Um, and like you said, it was, a, it was a choice you made. You could have came and, and looked at it from a negative lens that said, poor me, 
you know, look at me, you know, I'm starting over. Um, here we go again. No, nobody knows me. I've worked so hard being back in Iran. And, and that would have impacted how you thought and then in turn how you felt and then in turn your actions. But like you said, it, it kind of, it didn't mean you didn't have value. Obviously you had value, but you had to look at what steps did I need to take based on the, the true objective facts in front of me to be able to say, now I, I want to build a business. Nine out of 10 things that I've tried has not worked. It just means that I need more information versus see, here I go again. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And that, that mindset had you taken the point that believing that it's just a matter of time till it failed, that would have stopped you from getting to the ninth or the 10th option that eventually worked out. Yeah, that's so true. You know, the adversity is the same for everybody or might look the same for everybody, but the way you respond to it, the way you interpret it, the way you explain the situation to yourself means a lot of difference, makes a lot of difference. So what, do you, what is it that if you could give people a couple of tips, Shahab, for some of the basics to, to resilience, some things that people could, let's say people are listening to me and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, guys, you, <laughs> you're talking about this. What are some practical tips that people could actually apply today? Let's say they're trying to start a business or um, you know, they're a new immigrant that's thinking about going out there and not letting their you know, things hold them back um, or they're looking at um, you know, starting and maybe pivoting a brand. What are some of the things that basic resiliency tips that you could suggest to people? Absolutely. So, so this is a broad question, obviously, so we cannot pinpoint uh, specific cases and because of, you know, um, the time that we have, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention some of the basic points that might benefit our listeners here. So first of all, be aware of your thoughts. And when you become aware of your thoughts, just uh, challenge them. Ask yourself, how true are they? Like the one I mentioned. Uh, you, may ha- you may have this deeply held thought that, let's say, as a, as a first-generation immigrant, you need to be fluent in English in order to succeed professionally. How true is that? Can you find exceptions to the rule? Can you find role models who do not speak fluently and have made it in Canada or in North America or elsewhere? Challenge your thoughts. That's the basic, 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 the most important skill in resilience. So changing your thoughts or your thinking styles as as uh, they, they say, um, the cognitive style, if you challenge that, and if you change that, you will change your results. Also, another very helpful tip is to put things in perspective. A lot of us are afraid of the future. We worry about the future. Let's say we, we are in COVID times. We're worried about our future financially, personally, professionally. We are always in the what if mode. What if I fail? What if I start this business and it doesn't work? What if I, I, I buy this property and, and the price of the land goes down or whatever? Ask yourself again, what's the worst case scenario that may happen? What's the best case scenario that may happen? How likely are each of those? So it's all about asking yourself, how true is your perspective? What alternatives are out there? And uh, what do you want to focus on? Absolutely. And it, you know, it seems simple, but I think, you know, once you learn how to do it, which is as simple, like you said, as writing down the thought and coming up with three examples of three 
immigrants that you know ha that has an accent that you may or may not know. It could be somebody on TV and you think, wow, he or she's successful. That just disputed your thought that you had to sound a certain way and it could be that basic. But it's of course taking the time, like you said, when you're recognizing you know, that, you know, I was at 60,000 thoughts a day uh, that we have and to, to really get yourself in that mindset to stop the ones um, that are negative that, you know, really it's, it's just the thoughts, right? We have good ones and bad ones. How do you cope with it? Now, Shahab, if people are thinking that they might want to reach out to you, like they may want to have you speak at their events um, in reference to um, you know, either the, the branding and to your business or resilience, or if they're looking at um, some options for attending your events or having you coach, where could they reach, reach out to you? Yeah, thanks. For that. Absolutely. So they can find me on social media. I'm at Shahab Anari on social media. And my website is northstarsuccess.com. And all of that will be in the show notes. So I guess, what am I, what am I taking away? Um, you know, resilience is something that I think in our circles, we throw around a lot. And the way I, I often say it to the people that I coach or train is it, it's that we all will get knocked down. That's a, that's a given in life. Right. And some of the, some of the knocks are pretty big. Right. And sometimes you, you sit there and you go, Oh boy, this is a big one. It's, it's kind of gauging yourself and saying, did it take me a little bit less time to get up this time and if you can say that to yourself and be honest then you you're going in the right direction so to know that we have the skills we all have the same brains and body and it's really in what what we can do within ourselves and we can all make changes it doesn't have to be something uh huge it could be small incremental steps that we can take daily so again, Shahab, thanks so much for your time. For anyone that's wanting uh, to talk to me about resilience or authenticity in leadership, you can reach me at RoxanneDurhodge.com. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit RoxanneDurhaj.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.